0: Welcome to Enlightenment of Change with Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Here's Connie.
1: Welcome to Enlightenment of Change on webtalkradio.com. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. You know that my guests and I are happy that you're here today. As you listen to the show, listen, you know, my guests and I get it. When we hear that word change or change is thrust upon us, maybe we didn't choose it. It can really throw us into a tailspin and, and we get it. So my gift to you in the show notes is my communication style assessment. I have found in my 40 years in sales and 22 years in business, usually the problem occurs because of lack of communication. So in the show notes, you'll have the link. You'll get two reports after taking the assessment. First report spotlights your natural superpowers. Kind of important to know that, right? So we can leverage it. Flip side, your lowest score, you'll get a, a secondary report, which spotlights potential blind spots. For me, I think that's the more important report for you to really look at and read. So again, links in the show notes, my gift to you. And I hope, I hope it helps you navigate whatever change is happening in your life. Now, I want to set the stage for our, my topic today with my guest, and the quote I'm, I chose is by Bill Highbells. and Bill says, we all have strengths, weaknesses, and blind spots. In fact, an average person has 3.4 blind spots. So recently, I spoke with uh, my brother-in-law, and I shared that as I age, I feel like I know less and less. And have more and more blind spots. And I asked him if he thought becoming less intelligent over time was, it was possible, right? Brain matter. Uh, we both laughed and really decided that with age comes true wisdom and which allows us to see what probably the many blind spots that we have. And I think having that element of curiosity, we get to uncover and shine a light on those blind spots so that we continue to learn and grow if you choose to do that. So my final thought is that I must have a ton of wisdom because I feel like I know less and less every day. So are you curious about what I am uh, going on with this short intro? Well, I hope so because curiosity is important. So who is my guest today? His name is David Nagel. David is a speaker, bestselling author, founder of the multimillion dollar global consulting company, Life is Now Inc. Love the name of his company and host of the business daily, Re- business daily news ranked podcast called The Successful Mind. Being in the personal and professional development industry for over 20 years, David has helped tens of thousands of students from across the globe gain confidence and find the right mindset needed to increase their revenue, turning their endeavors into seven- and eight-figure ventures. Sign me up. Please help me welcome David to the show. So, David, thanks for being on.
0: Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. This is important, right? Mindset really does... Choose or helps us with the trajectory of success, whatever whatever yeah. that means to the listeners, right? Yeah, it's yeah.
0: everything. It's everything, right? You do the right thing with the wrong mindset, it doesn't work.
1: And how many times does that happen?
0: All the time. <laughs>
1: All the time. <laughs> Scary, <laughs> but true, right? Yeah. So, in your experience, you know, being a business owner, what are some of the most common blind spots that you find that trap? business owners, and really in their own business, right?
0: Yeah. So two of them, one of them is money itself. Um, having a having a poor relationship or, or um, a, what I call a constructed belief system around money. Most of us are raised with a middle class mindset around money. If you were not raised, let's just make this really simple. If you were not raised by entrepreneurial or business owning parents that taught you how to earn money in a business, you have a mindset that is detrimental to you ever becoming wealthy in Hmm. your life because most of what we heard, I just did this test with with a group of mine. I found 50 negative uh, statements that we all hear growing up around money. And I asked them first, I said, look at these statements, see if there's any on there that you have not heard growing up, not necessarily been taught or indoctrinated but just been exposed to 200 people in the group everybody said they heard every one of them wow. i said now tell me tell me how many positive things did you hear growing up nobody could come up with more than 3 wow so we 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 hear that that money is hard it takes a long time we have a kind of a dualistic relationship it's kind of like a necessary evil in society we want to make money but if you make too much you're considered one of those rich evil people um, <laughs> you know so there's a lot that goes into that. so so there's that and then the other thing is that success has to be hard and I don't believe that at all. Success is actually easy. It's getting rid of the programming that keeps us from being successful. it's hard. but actually success is is really pretty easy and and that's how I started off becoming interested in this in in my young in my young adult years was a breakthrough that I had. Where I went from being bankrupt, car repossessed, having to c- cut out on my um, uh, uh, my rent in the middle of the night, go, and move to a bad neighborhood. We lived next door to a drug dealer. Oh. and I mean it was and I was married. I had two kids. I had no education, I was a high school dropout. And then I made this one little simple change in my attitude, and 30 days later, my income tripled. And I was like, "What happened? That's not supposed to happen." So then, that led to me spending the last thirty years studying um, success and mindset, which has been an extraordinary thing. But those are the blind, those are the two blind spots. The, the number one, the the idea that we have to work hard as an ethic that causes us to look at things as being hard, yeah. and the other one is that money is difficult. Because look at it like this. If you if it becomes easy for you to earn money, how much easier is it to deal with all the other problems that you have in business? Absolutely, it's so much easier.
1: Yeah. So, per, you you shared a little bit of personal there. I'm curious, how have you personally encountered and observed? Your own blind spots, like you said, you changed that one thing, and 30 days later, you tripled your income. Yeah. What was there? Was there a multitude of blind spots? One big blind spots? Like, what was that personally for you? Curious. The,
0: well, I didn't even know what a blind spot was at the time. I had never even heard that before. And as we're, we're talking, 1993, like I said, things were just getting worse by the day in my mm-hmm. life. I was, I would work about. Six and a half days a week, I would work on a dock driving a forklift. And on the weekends, I would drive a truck. I shuttled out of Chicago to Detroit, Flint, Michigan, Indianapolis, St. Louis. Hmm. And we couldn't we were on food stamps. We were still on food stamps at this at this point. And after two years of trying to figure out every way possible to try to earn some more money with the idea that I need to go back to school because I quit high school. So I have to go to college. I have to get an education. I have to learn a skill to be able to get off this dock. But the conundrum was, I don't have the time and the money to do it, right? So it's kind of like, how do I get out of this problem? And everybody I would ask would just say, work harder, work harder. Then they would also say, you shouldn't have quit high school. I'm like, yeah, I get it. get, I shouldn't have quit high school. But what do I do now? How do I change this? Nobody could tell me. So I had a really bad day uh, one Tuesday in in February that night. But I went to work. I was reprimanded and disciplined twice before I even started. Uh, I was exhausted. I was freezing cold. Everything went wrong that day. And that night, I just had an emotional meltdown in the back of the trailer that I was loading. And I just started sobbing. And I said, God, show me something, anything. I'll do whatever it takes. I just don't know what to do anymore. I'm I'm completely out of ideas. And a voice in my head said, David, change your attitude. God's truth. And I was like, what? It was so <laughs> stark in my mind that I, I stopped in my tracks. I, compo- I got my composure. And I started thinking to myself, is that possible? That's what it is? Because how- I could not draw a correlation between how is my attitude going to allow me to make more money? I don't mm-hmm. have a skill set right mm-hmm. that's not the that's not the problem, but anyway it was it was it was so loud in my mind that it made me pay attention. so I said, okay, I'm going to change my attitude. What do I change it to? I picked the guy that that started the company that I worked for. it was a company called Kihi Foods in Lyle, Illinois. He was the largest food importer in the United States at the time, and he started the company in his garage. So I could kind of relate to him, right? He didn't have an education. I didn't have an education. He was able to do this. I haven't. I said, what's the difference between his attitude and mine? I said, number one, he must have loved what he did. And I hated what I was doing. Every day I had to talk myself into going to work. Number two, he must have done a great job because he went from being in a garage uh, in the suburb of Chicago to this, you know, this enormous company And that there was something that he did that kind of caused, well, I mean, it showed me, it showed me a very specific blind spot. I was raised with the idea that companies were evil. Like all they did was keep people down. You're a number. Nobody cares. Successful people are jerks. So this guy had one of the first automated warehouses in history. And, uh, other CEOs were constantly coming in and doing tours of it. They wanted to see what they had what they had created. So they're all coming in with their suits and their ties. And the owner of the company would never walk past an employee without talking to him, without acknowledging him, without patting him on the back, without asking how his family was doing. He knew the names of every person. <laughs> and I thought, this is not what I've heard. Like, this guy is not that guy. Right? So I said, the third thing is I'm going to treat everybody with total respect. Hmm. So I started that the next morning when I went to work. I acted like I loved what I did. I made myself go back and redo the work if I didn't do it right the first time, or before I could care less what, what the quality of the work was. And I started treating everybody with total respect because it wasn't that I was a, really a disrespectful person. I had just gotten angry. Of I had course. And very angry and and you know, I was blaming everybody for my problem. So I changed that immediately. 30 days later, my income tripled because it removed my blind spot. Now, what I didn't know, it took me a long time to figure this figure this out. The opportunity that I stepped into to triple my income had been around me for two years. And I never saw it as an opportunity uh. because I had a blind spot. I was looking at it and judging it. Like I had this terrible need to be right. I was always looking down on other people because I had a low self-esteem. And, I, and it created a blind spot. I couldn't see this as an opportunity. I saw it as something. It never even entered my mind that it would be an opportunity because I judged everything back then. And then what, what woke me up to that was one of the first things I got my hands on was a copy of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And right in the introduction, he taught he basically talks about a blind spot. He says he calls it the sly disguises of opportunity. And he said, the reason most people miss opportunity is because it generally comes uh in the back door and it's designed, it's it's disguised as temporary misfortune or or uh temporary defeat or or misfortune. I think that's what the what the quote is. And when I read it, I thought to myself, yeah, that's exactly correct because it was there the whole time. And and the idea that my income tripled, I would literally go home at the new job and I would sit there and look at my name on the paycheck and I would think to myself, how is this even possible? I was making 62,000 a year. I came from, uh, I was right on the edge of Chicago. The median income was $20,000 where I grew up. That's, a, that's my parents' income, my friends' family's income. I didn't even know anybody that was making 62,000 a year. And I said, I got to figure out how I did this. So that's where the blind spot transformation changed for me. I get, It's the first time I got introduced to it. I still didn't know the name, but I thought by changing this, I changed my perception and I was able to see something that I never saw before. And it was there the whole time. What else am I not seeing? That's right. And that I just got so excited about life from that point.
1: You know what's so interesting is, and, and I'm laughing as you're talking because everything you said, I'm like, yep, I heard that. Yep, I heard that. And here's the thing, everybody listening, right? Our parents didn't mean to hurt us no. or create blind spots or, um, you know, teach us the wrong thing. It, it, it's, it's all done innocently, right? And as yeah. kids, we're adopting all of that rhetoric and, and beliefs, right? We're, we're, we're imprinting it on ourselves, right? Nobody's to blame. So that's the first no. thing. But the other thing that I'm giggling at is if, it, you know, and I just recorded another show uh, before ours, David, and we were talking about perspective and, you know, I was taught you have to work hard, nose to the grindstone. Well, what you picture it, nose to the grindstone, your nose, your nose, your face is down. You're yeah. never looking up to see the opportunities that are right in front of you in your case for two years. So we've all I, I, and, and I think it's well, let me ask you this the number of people that you deal with, is it rare that people don't have these money issues or these money blocks, blind spots, right? Or do you find that the majority were raised like us innocently, but we have these blind spots? 50, They're, all 50? Raised I'm curious. They're all raised that way.
0: I'm curious. They're all raised I haven't worked okay. with any person in 25 years that I've been in business that doesn't have it because they don't realize that it's actually easy to make money. And the more you make, the easier it is. And I'll tell you something else. It is not easy to teach somebody that either, because everything in their nervous system is that this is difficult. I I have have studied and researched and monitored my own students over twenty five years, to the perspectives that the value system that we learned as as uh, middle class is really based in survival. But the yeah. value system that you have to adopt as a business owner or an entrepreneur. Is totally different. It's 180 degrees from survival, right? It embraces risk, it embraces challenges, it embraces big goals, dreams, and ideas. So, everything that you have to become in order to do that, you have to literally internally change inside of yourself. And the middle class, when they look at it from the outside, they go, This is crazy. This is the craziest thing. Like, how could you possibly do that? When I left the company that I worked for for seven years after I made my first breakthrough to go start my own business, I didn't have one person in my family or my friends that thought I was making a good decision. They all thought I was being completely irresponsible, and that I was a d- pipe dreamer and chasing money, and you're going to you think you're going to get rich quick, and it's not that easy. And and that's and, I mean everybody that I've worked with, their families, their friends, all the people, they're all the, they're all the same. They all have that belief. So that's that's a blind spot in life in general. Like it keeps them from so much. The only way that they know how to money, uh, the only way they know how to earn money, which is really fascinating, is not what causes money to move, right? The only thing that causes money to move in any situation is sales. That's it. If you look at it from cause and effect, even if I say, hey, Connie, would you loan me 20 bucks? And you say, yes, that's a sales. That is a sales transaction. That's a conversation. But most people are taught if they ever even ask for how much money they're going to make at a job, maybe once or twice in their life, and all they do is they go trade their time and their skill set for money, they get that check, but nobody ever has to ask for it. So asking for it is one of the most difficult things that people have to get past yeah. in order to actually become very wealthy and learn that money is really actually very easy.
1: It's so funny. Um my son uh, you know he he he's a contract for this company they're trying to bring him on but budgets you know all of the, the yeah. political stuff that goes on in corporate and so he's been there you know over a year they they love him they he shows up he works his work is really good so I said to him you know the end of the year they, they asked you to stay on which is wonderful and they're they're still trying to they want to bring you internally you have to ask for more money I, I, I said James, it's a simple conversation. And what's the worst that happens? They say, no, we can't do that. It's not in the budget. But then you know what you're working with. And you know what their response was when he went? He said, "You know, do you think he did it very respectfully?" And they were like, "You have earned it, and then some." Yes, absolutely. Not even. And what I asked, they said, "Yeah, you can get that." Exactly what he asked for. So it's and he kept my. I said, "Of course you did because they know what they're getting from you. It's not like you're an unknown factor. You they know that you're worth that probably and more. So it was an easy yes. But if you don't ask, you would have still lost that you know twenty percent raise or whatever it was that he got. See what I'm saying? So. that's what yeah. we're talking about so even if you work in corporate you have to look at money you have to look at your time and that exchange rate right, of energy which is money uh we just have to look at it from a different perspective and that was exactly what you did when you came in that next day after being on the back of your truck yeah. and thinking well what is he doing that i didn't do he he knows the people right he shows up he's respectful he's pleasant perspective you just change that little mindset and magic happened within 30 days think about that you see things more clearly when we have i think we have we have a better outlook on ourselves and we're not like this sucks oh my god now we're doing judgment use the word judgment we're very judgy i think when we temper that the new opportunities present themselves that was such a great example now working with uh you know Small business owners, I think, is you work with businesses, right? Yeah, Not right. really individuals, yeah.
0: So, but this, this well, guys, in, in, yeah, individuals in business too. So, businesses and the owners of the business, you know, privately with those people. Yeah.
1: but here's here's the trick, David, right? Everybody listening, if you work in corporate and you that's that's your thing, there's no judgment on that from David or I. But you can use these strategies to see that promotion that maybe is there you just didn't know it, or, or to see something and think, oh my gosh, I could do that. Let me throw my hat in the ring. So really, really pay attention to what we're talking about. So here's my next question: What strategies or solutions do you believe that can help? And in this case, business owners, let's stay with that to address those blind spots. And that excessive uh, workload, right, where we've given up work-life balance, right? It's We're in the hustle, uh, hustle culture, especially in the United States. So what are some yeah. of the strategies?
0: Well, one of the things is to start to see your own value based on who you really are and not, not have it checked on what you do. We're taught that our value is based on what we do. But the, but they're, so that's like, do be have, right? So I have to do this to be this in order to have these things in my life. That's the working class culture. But -hmm. if you want to break out of that, you have to, you have to literally change your own self-worth value system from a place of being first, then doing, then having. So it's be do have. That's the, that's the, um, the, the, the way to look at it as far as, how do I change it? Because if I start to believe, and this is with your son too, if I start to believe that I'm worth it, not only am I going to do better, but I'm also going to to I'm also going to bring into my life. I'm going to ask for the things that I want. And we're really taught you can't have everything that you want. Don't ask. Right? How many times did we hear no growing up? Don't ask. They didn't teach us to ask for money in school. You know. Um, They taught, you know, like, if you work really hard and you compete with this other person, you might get a raise. That, you know, that type of thing. But I'm an extremely valuable person. I need to cultivate that and do what I need to do. But my value is based on me, on what I actually think about myself. And when you raise your value and your self-esteem, you will then raise what you do in life. Because you'll say, hey, you know what? I'm better than this. I'm worth more. In this I do a fantastic job. I actually deserve more, and you will seek out those things in your life, and you will get them. So that's like one of the big. That's one of the big ones.
1: So when it comes to the identifying who my personal blind spots, right, and finding what that solution is, like you did within that thirty days, what role does that self awareness or that external perspective play, and how how can we? really mine it, right? Or or I don't want to use the word manipulate, but you know what I'm saying? How can we really get in and change or improve our self-awareness or change perspective?
0: So the first thing is we're basically taught we can't have what we want. So we go through life. Let me back up on this for a second. One of the things that I, that I wrestled with as a child, I was raised Catholic, by the way. Okay. So uh, I was born in 66 and I was growing up at a time where there was really great turbulence in the world. So I'm seeing that through conversations, through parents, television, learning things in school, you know, the Kennedys get killed, Martin Luther King, you know, the Civil Rights Movement, all this stuff, Vietnam War, my father was in the Vietnam War.
1: Yeah.
0: And yet... In my religious education, they're saying God loves everybody. You know, you come from a God of love, all this stuff. And I, and so I'm like, okay, well, that's not what I'm seeing out in the world. So I would ask questions about it and I would get shut down immediately. Oh, but yeah, because they, they basically, they did not, they did number one, I found out later, they just didn't know how to answer the questions that I had. You know, it's kind of like, well, if God loves everybody, why is all of this happening? That kind of stuff. So I learned early to stop asking those questions because I literally would get in trouble for them. They would call my parents into school or uh, into my religious education and say, you know, he's disturbing the class with this. He's got, he's, he's got to stop this and just follow what it is that we're teaching. So that remained a question for me. Right. And one of the questions that I had was this, why is it all of nature number 1 doesn't question what it is knows exactly what to do and thrives as long as human beings don't get involved with it but <laughs> humans with our amazing, amazing intelligence and this wonderful intellect and consciousness that we have we want, we don't even know who we are you know so that was a that was a big question for me so later on when i started studying it took me time to put these pieces together and i thought if there is a God, why would He give? Why would we be directionless in life mm-hmm. when all of these other animals they they know exactly what to do, and they don't have to go to school for twenty years to know what to do? Right. That's right. And I learned that it's not that we're directionless. We have a direction. We have the, we have a desire in our hearts. So th- this is what my belief is. Everything in the nature, everything in life has a purpose. The purpose existed before the thing came into the material existence of what it is, including ourselves. We came here for a purpose. We'll identify the purpose once we start to identify the desire that's in our heart that's pointing us to what we want in life and what we actually enjoy in life. But we're not taught to follow that as kids, We're taught to follow all of the systems that we've created in various cultures around the world that just keep people surviving. So little kids, what do they do? They're always busy. They want to experience everything. They're fantasizing. They have great imaginations. And then as soon as they start to get into a structured environment where they have to go along with all the other kids, that gets knocked out of them, right? Stop dreaming, Pay attention. Do this. And they they basically tell kids that you cannot dream for what it is that you want in your life. However, if we had been, if we had, if somebody said, that's great, what do you want? And then helped us start to cultivate those ideas based on cause and effect and let us try and see what we were interested in and not made, not made us literally stop. Or being afraid of actually making mistakes. That's a huge blind spot. We're taught as little kids don't make mistakes. yeah. But mistakes are the only way that we learn. So what I do with people when I first get them, I'll ask them the question. I'll say, what things in your life do you want that you're saying no to? And immediately they'll go, but I don't have money and I don't have... I'm like, no, that's not what I'm asking you. That's the justification that you come up with why not to have it. What do yeah. you want that you're saying no to? And I'll have them make a list. And then I'll say, your job is part of this working with me is to start saying yes to all these things. You have to say yes to them because you have to open that back up inside of yourself, your true desire for what it is that you want in life. And it doesn't matter how silly it is, right? Somebody might say, "I want a new pair of shoes," or "I want a new car," or "I want a you know new couch." Or it doesn't. You had just have to say yes to it because you're you're opening up. Number one, you're taking authority of your own desire, which is important, right? Because most people don't take conscious authority of their life. They still have their parents in their head running the decisions that they make moving forward, you know, as adults. So they take authority of their own life. They're saying yes to the things that they want. They're giving themselves permission. It helps build their self-esteem because they realize, I'm worth this. Why do I want this? I'm worth it. And then that leads, if they follow that, it will lead them right into their purpose and the thing that they love to do in their life. And then we show them how to earn money and build systems and all that stuff that goes along with it, but that's how that's where we start with everybody.
1: And and it's it's that's such a great process, right, to answer that one question um to start to identify the blind spots and I yeah. I commend you because when you were on the back of that truck, right, and sobbing and that voice in your head screamed, right, the universe was downloading to you, yeah. right? Like, yeah. "Hey man, there's an alternative here, but that you see, and this is the thing I think we push it away. Well, that's not for me or, well, I can't do that, or that's not going to work for me. And you know, that, that, that um defeated, I feel so defeated. You, you could have done that too, but instead you thought, Whoa, that was loud. What does that mean? Let me pause and think about it. And then it, the next thing was, well, what does he do that I'm not doing? He didn't have a cut, right? Then you start doing, and I don't want to do the compare because that we could go down a rabbit hole. That's not good. That we're not as good as David is right. But that you did that. Well, what is he doing that I'm not doing that he's achieved and how can I do that? So I I think that being inquisitive and curious, I love that word curious because I think we have to be curious about, well, is there another way? If there is, what could it be? What what am I missing? What are my blinds? spots. And that right. was just such a great way to start to identify purpose, which could be a blind spot for you because we're taught, well, it doesn't matter. You, you know, you want to be a musician. You're not going to make money doing that have your family, being a musician, you have to go to school and become an accountant. <laughs> you know yeah. I
0: mean? yeah. Forget that
1: <laughs> Yeah, soul sucking, right? That's yeah.
0: right. Every so, time yeah. a person says they can't you should You should remember this truth the the moment I can't comes out of your mouth or you hear somebody else say it. You should program your mind to say, "Stop letting the past destroy your future or destroy the present because that's what's happening to say I can't. I have to draw from my past experience and knowledge, and I'm using it to sabotage this new moment in time that I have to make a change. You have an imagination and you have a desire. you will never imagine or desire something that you seriously want that you're not capable of doing. God does not play games, right? Einstein said, God doesn't shoot craps with the universe. There's a reason you want what it is that you actually want. And and you also could think about this logically. Think about all the things that you never think about wanting. You probably couldn't, you can't do those. Like, I don't ever think about being a brain surgeon, right? No desire to, to be a brain surgeon, because I can't. It's not why I'm here. But I do think And I do have an amazing obsession with the things that I love the most. And that's what I've built my life around. And that's what everybody should do.
1: That was beautiful. That was truly beautiful. Because I think that a lot of people, David, they don't know their purpose in life. They don't know when they're meant to be here. Like, I know I'm good in sales, right? That's what I've done for 40 years. But I know it's it's not the sales that that I'm good at. I'm good at communicating. And then I've, I've perfected my system, right? Rinse and repeat 40 years, you become an expert, whether you want to or not. Right. But now it's that rinse and repeat that now, like you, we can then teach it because we've done it so many times over and over and over and over and over, and over again. We've perfected, reiterated, tweaked it so that we're in such a good place but now also one of my superpowers. I'm good at communicating that idea, taking these complex situations and saying, well, all you have to do is X, Y, and Z. And people go, no, yeah. And they go, I can do that. So it's it's through that communication, right? We empower. That's exactly what you're doing. You're just empowering people to find their purpose, step into it, shine the light, man, and go for it. That's what you're teaching people. But we're taught that's not going to work that's a risk right all the things we said at the beginning of the show we're right. out of time but anything oh, this goes so fast this was i have so many more questions david i have so many more questions <laughs> what would what would you like to leave the listeners with that for for them to almost have everything you've said has been brilliant but like what's the one thing that as soon as you stop listening to the show pause and do fill in the blank what what should they do
0: okay so a couple things number 1 You were born to be a success, period. Everybody was born to be a success. Number two, success is easy. Number three, the greatest question you will ever be asked and answer is, what do you really want? And that's the hardest question most people, like they don't know. Their mind just gets stuck when they start to ask that question or it's asked. But if you remember those things, you were born to be a success. Success is easy. What do you really want? And that's where you start right there.
1: I love it. I love it. That's easy. That's an easy one, guys. So as soon as you finish, if you're driving, think about those three questions at the end of the podcast. If you're watching it while you're vacuuming or taking your dog for the walk, as soon as you get back, get out a piece of paper, write those, write the first two down, right? that, that David said. And then the third, um, write down the question, what do I really want? And, yeah. and trust me, the perp, your purpose in life will come to fruition. You just have to pause to see it. That, that's the hustle. Oh, I, I, I can't stop. I got to work. I can't, I, I can't sleep. I, I, I got to get up early because we're trying to fit so much in but what we're fitting in, is it serving us? Is yeah. it serving our family? Is it serving our soul, our heart, right? And, and the people around us. Um, it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole and get stuck and that's that's not okay. And your work that you're doing is just brilliant. Everyone, you need more David in your life. So here's the deal. Website. Life is now Inc. Life is now like, Oh my God, that says so much just in the name of it. Life is now I will put that in the show notes. If you have a question, somebody on his team, you email them. It's Tia at David net. I will put that in the show notes and you, you got to tune in, man. Uh David's podcast is the successful mind. I will yes. put the link to that podcast um, in the show notes as well. Uh, to me, this has to become a habit that we all need to listen to, including me. David, I am honored to have you on. Love everything you said. I believe everything you said. Um, and I'm going to need a little jolt to David every week. So I'm going <laughs> to tune into that, uh, that um, your show as well. So thank you so much for being on. Yeah, it's
0: an honor. Likewise. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, truly cool conversation, man. Just love what you're doing. Love your love your whole vibe. Yeah. Very good. Cool. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together, no matter where you are on your journey of change, and that change is for you, fill in the blank. I truly hope my guests and I have given you something to think about, hopefully change your perspective. We use that word perspective. Hopefully help you change your beliefs or refine your beliefs so that they serve you here and now, and that we don't live a a life by default, but we live a, a life of choice and where we're thriving, not just surviving. And all those things are what David talked about today. Um, Thank you so much for being on this journey of change with me. You've been listening to enlightenment of change on webtalkradio.com with me, your host, Connie Whitman. Um, I truly, truly hope that this conversation today inspired you. Check out David's website. Check out the podcast. Again, David and I are all about supporting you on your journey of change. Let's make it a heck of a lot easier than we have to. Uh, I think we make things way too hard in life. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week. Have a great one, everybody. Be be inspired. Thanks.